Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Ephesians chapter number 6 and um, we'll look here at a few verses again tonight as we continue studying the equipment of our warfare and um, see what we can learn out of this. We've looked at the enemy of it and uh, tonight we'll look at the equipment of it and again make sure you favor the Lord's house on Sunday and uh, be praying that God will give us a good day. Amen. Boy, I appreciate the good day he gave us this past Sunday and uh, man, old, old Mater, he just ran back and preached Sunday night, didn't he? Amen. And uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, so make sure you're faithful this coming up Lord's Day. Then make sure you're faithful next Wednesday. Amen. And uh, I normally don't say that I'm going to be gone, but I won't be here next Wednesday. I'll be in a meeting in Greensboro um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, but Dad will be taking care of service next Wednesday night. I know you'll still come if I tell you he's going to be preaching. And um, matter of fact, we might have record-breaking crowds next Wednesday night. But anyway, um, um, uh, next Wednesday night, Dad will take care of that. And uh, I'm sure that you'll enjoy the service. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 6 and uh, we're going to pick up reading in verse number 10 and um, see what we can learn out of here. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. The Bible said in verse number 10, finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God uh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, Father, I pray that you help us tonight. May we get understanding from your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that your people, Lord, would be blessed from your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Now, we've looked at several of these verses, and um, uh, uh, two weeks ago tonight, last Wednesday night, we prayed, uh, but two weeks ago tonight, we began looking at the equipment of our warfare, the equipment of our warfare. Stand, therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. And we talked about um, that girdle of truth. We talked about what it was. Uh, to understand what it was, we had to understand what truth is. Um, and according to the Bible, the Word of God, the Son of God, and the Spirit of God is all truth. Amen. The Word of God is for our mind. The Son of God is for our emotions. And the Spirit of God is for our will or our actions. Now, I want to say this to you. Listen to no one more than the Word of God. Love nothing more than the Son of God. And be led nothing more than the Spirit of God. Be led by nothing more than the Spirit of God. And in everything we do, we need to make sure uh, that we're led by the Spirit of God in that. 
Four times in these verses, I find this interesting, four times in these verses we are told to stand tonight. We are told to stand. Nowhere does it tell us to sit down. Nowhere does it tell us to back up. But four different times it tells us to stand tonight. These are urgent and imperative commands. God's people are supposed to be on guard and taking a stand against evil at all times. Can I say that again? At all times, we're to be on guard and taking a stand for what is right. I want to say, I'm going to come back and say a little bit more on that, but think about this. There's a great culture war in America today. There's a great culture war in America today, and the world is in a spiritual battle as well. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it much about this tonight, but a lot of things that's done in the name of religion today is, it's sad. It's blaspheming, just to be honest with you. There's a lot of, um, so-called preachers today that's nothing more than heretics. And I, I was I was asked my opinion of one today and I looked him straight in her face and I said, he's nothing more than a hireling. He's nothing more than a heretic. And, and, and it, there, he can't even tell you when he was called to preach. He said he just wanted to carry on the family business is what he said. And there's a great culture war in America today. When, when, when one of the people leading the polls in the Democratic Party um, is an out of the closet married to another man. Uh, there's a problem in America today. There's a major problem in America today. And if there's ever been a time that the child of God should stand, it's in the day that we're living in. And I want to say this to you. We can stand uh, uh, having our heart fixed on the Word of God and have compassion at the same time. But I want to say this. In our compassion, we do not weaken down to the things of this world. It man goes right there. We are to stand in these days. I, I want to say this to you. We must analyze our enemy. We must utilize our equipment. And we must visualize our end. Let me say that to you again. We must analyze our enemy. We must utilize our equipment. And we will visualize our end. What is our end? Well, if you've read the back of the book, you know that our end is victory tonight. Amen. We are, amen goes right there. We are more than conquerors through Christ tonight. Uh, the battle and the war has already been won. It's just up to us to utilize our equipment and live in the joy of the victory that God has given us. Remember, God is already won the victory. There's no doubt about the outcome in our war. Read the back of the book. We win. There's no question about how it ends. But in the meanwhile, we are to fight the good fight of faith. In the meanwhile, until the Lord comes back, until he calls us home, whether that be by way of the rapture or by way of death, we are to fight the good fight of faith. We are to stand for what's right. There's a lot today. 
Man, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get off track here, but uh, there's a lot today that is wavering from that. There's a lot of preachers that once stood uh, that no longer stands. They're, 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 they're compromising. They're letting their guard down. And over and over, he tells us to stand. It helps us fight in this current battle knowing that the war has already been won. Amen. Now, we've looked at the girdle of truth, and tonight I want to look at this breastplate of righteousness. The word here is rendered breastplate, and it comes from a Greek word that is called thorax, and the meaning of it is the chest. It is a piece of armor that covered uh, from the neck to the abdomen. In the word of God, it is also called a coat of mail. It was made like a vest from front and back, and the girdle of truth uh, held it together at the waistband. Now, I, I, and and there, there's there's different people believe different ways on what I'm fixing to say, but nowhere in the Bible is it spelled out exactly. Okay, so there's principles that we can go on. Are you with me tonight? And some people say that this breastplate of righteousness was just the front. Some people says it was the front and it was the back. If you study ancient Roman war and if you, if you study pictures of ancient Roman uh, soldiers, uh, 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 their, their battle array, some shows it just the front, some shows it the front and the back. When you study the way that it was all made, uh, um, uh, some say that it was made with metal rings. Uh, some said that it was forms uh, of scales like a fish. And sometimes uh, it was made of metal rings uh, and plates for flexibility. And it was to be put on. The Bible actually calls it a coat of mail in 1 Samuel 17 when he's talking about Goliath in Nehemiah chapter number 4 verse number 16. It's called a harbagon. In 1 Kings 22, it's called a harness. Ahab was shot, uh, was shot by an arrow uh, through the gap of the breastplate whenever you study that out. Any way you look at it, it was what and God, not only just what, but what God commands us to put on tonight. To put it on tonight. Now think about this, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness simply means being right. It is holiness, purity, cleanliness, virtues, morals, decency. Guess what? All of us like every bit of that. It's not in us. Holiness is not in us. Purity is not made in us. Come on, somebody help me tonight. We're all still of the Adamic nature. Amen. Whereby one man sinned and entered into the world. And, and at death it's passed upon all men because all have sinned. And if he's telling us about the breastplate of righteousness, he's saying this, that we need holiness, that we need purity, that we need cleanliness. And can I say we need all of that? That we need virtue, that we need morals, that we need to be decent. Amen. 
the breastplate is not my righteousness. This armor is not my armor. Note what the Bible said. He said that we put on the whole armor of ourself. No. He said but that we put on the whole armor of who? That we put on the whole armor of God. You see, I don't have righteousness inside of me in my own power. In my own power, I don't have holiness. In, amen, in my own power, I don't have purity. But what does the scriptures tell us? He says, put on righteousness. Put on holiness. Put, amen, the whole armor, not of me, but the whole armor of God tonight. You see, God has that and we have access to that through his son. Amen. Think about this with me tonight. The breastplate of righteousness is not my armor. It is God's armor. So how do we put on the breastplate of righteousness? I can explain it in one word. Here it is. Justification. Justification. You say, well, what is a Justification. Justification is just as if I have never sinned. I am made clean. I am made holy. Amen. I am made decent. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid our sin debt. And the day that we bowed and asked him to forgive us of our sins, he justified us in his righteousness. Think about this with me tonight. The breastplate is justification placed on us at the moment of salvation. Think about this, justification is a one-time act, never to be brought under condemnation again. Once saved, always saved. When I bowed and asked God to save me, he justified me at that moment. Think about this, we trade our garments with Christ. We trade the list of our sins for his perfect righteousness. Our sins were laid on him on the cross and his righteousness was placed upon us the day that we got saved. Amen. By the grace of God. That may not help you, but it helps me tonight. All of my sins, past tense, present tense, future tense. Every one of them. Everything I've ever done, everything that I ever will do on Calvary that day was placed on the darling Lamb of God. And the day that I bowed and asked him to save me, immediately justification took place. And I put on the breastplate of his righteousness. We trade our sins for his righteousness. Our sins was laid on him on the cross and his righteousness was placed upon us. Satan the accuser will come and try to put sin back on your account. For those sins have already been judged and you are justified just as if I had not done those things. How do we put on the breastplate? 
Here's the way we put on the breastplate of righteousness. By trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Trusting Christ never ends. We trust him immediately for salvation. Can I get an amen? But we trust him continually for sanctification. Is everybody awake tonight? We trust him continuously for sanctification. I cannot be uh, holy and separated without him. You ever heard this statement? Well, I'm going to get my life cleaned up and then I'm going to get saved. And they never do. I'm going to get some things in order and then I'm going to get saved and start going. They never do. Let me tell you the reason why they've never put on the breastplate of righteousness. They've never been justified in him. One of the meanest arrows, I want you to think about this, and one of the most important things that there is when it comes to battle is knowing our enemy. One of the meanest arrows in Satan's arsenal, watch this tonight, is guilt. I hope you'll stay with me tonight. It's guilt. It's one of his, it's one of his greatest and meanest tools. We are sinners. We know that. We are failures. We know that we are pitiful without the grace of God. But when we do not gird ourselves with the truth of the Word of God, the Son of God, and the Spirit of God, our breastplate will become loose and leave us open to the darts of guilt in our life. Few things will paralyze a Christian like the guilt of past sins. Are you listening to me tonight? We need to know the difference between God dealing with our sins and Satan dealing with our sins. There is a difference tonight. Think about this with me. God convicts us in love. Satan accuses us in hatred. God convicts of present sin. Satan only brings up past sin. Satan will never convict you about the sin that you're committing. Satan will never talk to you about the sin that you're committing. Is everybody hearing me tonight? Let me tell you the reason why he wants you to stay in that sin. God convicts of present sin. Satan only brings up the past sin. God convicts us using the word. Satan uses feelings. God convicts us drawing us closer to him. Satan's guilt moves us away from God. God's conviction leads to devotion. Satan's guilt leads to depression. Are you hearing the preacher tonight? God helps us look ahead in hope. Satan makes us look back and give up. Are you hearing me tonight? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Why do we do that? To overcome the attacks of Satan. That's the reason that we put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's the reason that we have our loins girt about. It, it locks everything in place. Truth holds everything together. Are you hearing me tonight? Think about this. Let me show you 
two or three things right here about the accusing. Number one, Satan accuses us. Why do we need the breastplate of righteousness? Because Satan accuses us. Revelation chapter 12 verse number 10. The accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Did you hear that? The accuser of our brethren. Let me tell you it is. It's Satan and I. It's Satan and I. Our enemy is Satan and I. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your pastor. Your enemy is not your mother or your father. At the root of all of it is Satan tonight. Satan accuses us. How can you act? How can you act like that? Or how can you act like you belong here? You know what you did. How many times has Satan told somebody that? How can you act like you belong in the house of God? You know what you did. How can you lift your hands in praise? You know what you did. How can you hold that position in the ministry or in the church? You know what you did. How can you witness to a sinner when you have lived worse than they are? You know what you did. Those accusations about our guilt will defeat us without the proper answer. What is the answer? I've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. When Satan accuses us, where is our righteousness? It's not in ourselves. Yes, I may have done those things. Yes, I may have went down that road in the past, but I am no longer that person. I am not what I used to be. So Satan, go back to hell and leave me alone because I have the breastplate of his righteousness tonight. It's not me. It's him. It's not my righteousness. It's his. It's not my armor. It's God's armor. Oh yes. If you'll get a hold of that tonight, it'll help you. When Satan tries to tell you, you can't sing in the choir. Don't you remember what you used to do? You can't raise your hand and praise God. Don't you remember what, the way you used to be? Don't you remember where you used to be on a Friday night? Don't you remember the way you used to act? Hear me and hear me well. That all may be true, but if you've been saved by the grace of God, you've been justified, and now you're set free in Christ. So put on your breastplate of righteousness and understand that it's God's righteousness in us now. We're made righteous through the blood of Amen. Through the blood of Christ tonight. We're all failures in our own self. Holler amen. All of us are. But it's not us. He said put on the breastplate of whose righteousness? God's righteousness. Satan accuses us. Think about this. Not only does Satan accuse us. I want to say this. We accuse ourselves. We accuse ourselves. Satan uses feelings and memories to condemn us. He works on our mind. If God has forgiven and forgotten, then so should you. Then so should I. Satan is the accuser before God, and he does well enough without me chiming in to help him. 
Can I say that again? Satan does good enough accusing me by himself. So why should I chime in and help him? When we get run down, sleepless, or beat down emotionally, Satan will capitalize on our feelings, fueling the fire in order to get us to forget that we are wearing what? The breastplate of righteousness. Do not trust your feelings. Can I tell you something? There's some days I don't feel saved. Hello, Tokyo. There's some days I don't feel saved. There's some days I don't want to act like I'm saved. You might as well holler amen because I have been around some of y'all. I have seen some of y'all hit your shin on the Reese Hitch. I have seen a weed eater not start for Brent Robertson before. And we don't feel like we're saved. I've had health insurance with Farm Bureau, not Farm Bureau, but Blue Cross and Blue Shield for over 20 years. But just the other day they called and here's what they said. We need you to send in your birth certificate. We don't think you're a citizen of the United States. Well, you big dummy, I've paid taxes here for over 20 years. I didn't want to say, and God bless you and come to Amazing Grace. And if you thought I was bad, you ought to seen that little brunette over there when she was on the phone. We cannot trust our feelings. Our feelings will accuse us along with Satan accusing us. What we must do is trust the truth. And when we're girded with the truth, it holds the breastplate of righteousness in place. So once again, we say, Satan, get back to hell and leave me alone. Think about this. Satan accuses us. We accuse ourselves. Watch this now. I'm moving quickly. Others accuse us. Others accuse us. Others accuse. Anybody who serves God will be falsely accused at some point along the way. Now, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm just being honest with you. There are numerous occasions in the Word of God where God's people were falsely accused. Nehemiah, Joseph, David, Daniel, Jeremiah, Moses, Paul, John the, the Baptist, the disciples, Elijah. On and on we could go. Jesus himself. It is God's job to silence the liars. Paul said that many false charges were brought against him. How could he stand it? He answered it this way in 2 Corinthians 6, 7. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness. That'll help you. <laughs> That'll help you if you'll let it. Paul knew the truth about himself and stood in the righteousness of God. Jesus was called everything but stood in his own righteousness. Romans 8 says this. What shall we then say? 
to these things. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? If God, it is God that justifieth, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Listen to Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 11 and 12. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my name's sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before me. Psalms 35 11 says false witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge the things that I knew not. Over and over and over again we see that. But you know what we always see? We see the righteousness of God is what stands for us. Others may accuse us. Others may try to knock us down. Others may say, well, you used to be this and you used to be that. To let them say all they want to say, let the righteousness of God speak for you. Let the righteousness of God do it. Here it is. Satan accuses us. We accuse ourselves. Others accuses us. But let me show you this and I'm done. Circumstances accuses. Circumstances accuses. I know it's not all alliterated, but it'll help you if you listen to what I'm telling you tonight. Circumstances accuses. Many times when trouble comes, the first thing we do is allow the circumstances to accuse us. What do you mean by that, preacher? Here's simply what I mean. We say, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? You let something tragic happen in the middle of the night, and I guarantee you that's one of the very first thoughts that's going to go through your mind. What have I done wrong? What, where did I miss the mark at? What have I done wrong? You don't know how many families that I've sat with in, in great tragedies, whether it's the middle of the day or the middle of the night, and I've heard that very statement. Preacher, I just wonder in my mind, and I guarantee you, Dad, seen it thousands of times in over 40 years of the ministry. Preacher, I've just tried to figure out, Brother Tim, how many times have you heard that on a scene? I'm just trying to figure out what I've done wrong. Think about this. We say about our neighbor, well, I wonder what they've done wrong. Everybody all right tonight. I wonder what they've done wrong. If, if something tragic happens to your neighbor, now you might as well holler amen. That's one of the first things that goes through our mind. Especially if they're saved. If they're sold out, if they're serving God, one of the first things that goes through our mind. Well, I wonder, boy, I wonder what kind of secret sin they got. It's, what, it's just the way we're wired, people. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you. Circumstances accuse us. I want to say this to you. Have you ever thought about this? They may not have done nothing wrong. 
God's ways is not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Now, I've just come to this conclusion. I don't know that there is a reason for everything that happens. I just don't know that there is. We'll understand it. We'll, 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 we'll figure this out. No, we may not. We will when we get to heaven. We will when we get there. But we're probably not going to figure it out down here. And circumstances accuse us. We get at the case of the if-onlys. If only I had lived a different life, this wouldn't have been happening to me. If only I were a better Christian, God wouldn't be pushing me now. If only I hadn't sinned, this wouldn't be taking place. I want to ask you this. Have you ever asked God to remove the circumstances, the bad circumstances, and He said no? I have. And had Him say no. I prayed for Him to move the bad circumstances in a lot of your life sitting in this room right here. And God said no. I begged him, Miss Sandra, to remove the bad circumstances that y'all was going through with Kinsley. But for some reason, God said no. And you know what we do? We get a case of the if-onlys. And you know what happens? Those circumstances accuses us that we're not right with God. It's not because of a negative about you. It's because of a positive about Him. He's got something planned. He's still righteous. He's still holy. He's still pure. Don't let guilt beat you down. Don't let the devil work on your mind from the past. The conclusion to the whole thing is this. Put on your breastplate of righteousness and tell Satan to go back to hell and leave you alone. Tell Satan to go back to hell and leave you alone. Put on that breastplate. It's not what we can do. That we can't do it in ourselves. There's no way. There's no way. Satan will accuse you about your past. Satan will accuse you about your present. Satan will accuse you about your future. Yourself will accuse yourself. Others will accuse you. Circumstances will accuse you. And before you know it, you're depressed and not even going to church. And you're at a point where you don't even know if you're saved anymore. Everybody okay up in the church house tonight? Why? Because you're letting Satan play with your feelings instead of putting on your breastplate of righteousness and tighten it up with your girl of truth. It's not me tonight, it's him. Madeline, come start playing softly. It's not, again, I don't mean to say this over and over, but I want you to get a hold of it. It's not our armor. It's not our truth. It's not our righteousness. It's all his. It's all his. Every bit of it is his. The truth lies in him, Brother Tim. Our breastplate of righteousness lies in Him. I have no right. My righteousness, according to the Bible, Brother Scotty, is as filthy rags. It's as filthy rags. I want you to understand, there's circumstances to sin. And, and, and 
Even though David continued serving God, the sword never departed from his house. And you're going to have to deal with those circumstances of your sin. Are you hearing the preacher tonight? Your children may even have to deal with those circumstances of your sin. Not getting no amens right there, but it's truth. It's the truth. Our children may even have to deal with them. But you know what? At the end of the day, we've all got a past. We've all messed up. We've all dropped the ball. Can I get an amen tonight? We've all dropped the ball. But the good news is this. The day I got saved, God forgive me for every bit of it. And that day, He put on me the breastplate of righteousness. And now I live in His purity. Now I live in His holiness. And all of that's buckled together with the truth of His Word. The breastplate of righteousness tonight. If the devil's beating you down, won't you find your place in an altar and say, go back to hell. Leave me alone. I'm not listening to you. God's done. Forgive me for it. Just go find somebody else to mess with. Not today, Satan.